and we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. That's right.、Hey. <laughs> That opening never gets old. No, I, I think、yeah. around like episode ten, we figured out a way to just do our own intro. I know. I always thought we would like make like a little jingle or intro music. That never happened. This, <laughs> that never happened. I think this works、yeah. quite well. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to episode fifty-one, and we still 51. don't have a jingle. <laughs> I know. Well, our first、yeah. episode, I think the opening was a bunch of like blooper reels. <laughs> oh yeah, that survived for like a solid ten episodes, and now yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Now we just yeah, don't just have enough、perfect. bloopers. I know exactly. This is、yeah. you know <laughs> too easy.、Yeah. Jk,、yeah. jk, but it's kind of crazy to think that we're at episode fifty-one now. Yeah, and、um, well, the listeners gonna see the title of the episode, so we're drifting away from food a little. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're drifting still within the realm of food, but also to realms a little bit outside food as well, right? Yeah, and and I think this all began when I watched this. So so why we're talking about this today was I watched this documentary recently called Fantastic Fungi,、um, which、mm-hmm. you know I recommended to Ben, and now <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. And this、yeah. is not one of those shows where like, oh my god, like don't don't get a don't don't give us the spoiler, like. We don't want to know what happened. It's 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 it's、mm-hmm. more of a documentary film. So、um, yeah, if you really don't want to know anything, skip this episode. But I think it's also really interesting if you're just interested in like fungi, mushrooms, the broad、mm-hmm. big world and the giant category of mushrooms. Yeah, and you know this is also not a movie club type of podcast. So we're gonna kind of get inspired by the documentary. But、yeah. most of the content will still be kind of、um, our own. I don't know. We start with mushroom, but let's see where it takes us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's、yeah. every single one of our episode. Let's see where that takes us. True.、Uh, but a little bit of background on fantastic fungi, or fungi,、mm-hmm. fungi. Not sure what's the right way to pronounce it, but、uh, I always say fun, fun, fungi, fungi. Um, yeah. But this is a Netflix documentary that came out fairly recently, and it's just going into the magical world of fung fungi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I'm so, tripping over my words. Yeah.、Um, so you know, I, I feel like a lot of us maybe haven't heard this word since high school biology, but、um, sometimes、mm-hmm. used interchangeably with the word mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, but it could also be mold. Right. It could also be mold. Fungi is more、uh-huh. of like a broader category, but this documentary goes into the superpowers of mushrooms beyond what we have on our dinner table. So, you know, looking at how mushrooms can clean clean up oil spills in、mm-hmm. the ocean, to how a lot of trees and their roots underneath the ground,、um, they have these fungal networks underground that can help trees communicate.、Oh, yeah. Uh huh. That's I thought was really cool. I was、uh-huh. like, "Holy cow!" Essentially, Ben, if you're a tree and I'm a tree, but we're far away, but our roots、mm-hmm. are connected in a dense forest, and you lose like, you lose your ability to make food because you got like partially cut off. I can still send you nutrients through your、yeah. roots. Like that's yeah, kind of exactly. incredible. Yeah, and fungi are the kind of the the, the channels. Mm-hmm. Right, to to、uh, send those nutrients, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a network 
and and it also can communicate right rather than other than just uh sending nutrients it also can sense that hey that tree needs nutrient yeah so so we send it to that tree instead of just passing along the nutrient exactly and i don't know if the science of how that happens is well understood but it's just kind of amazing that there's this whole organism out there that can help trees do that and kind of like the symbiosis that happens yeah and i think you know overall the message of the the documentary uh comes in a few folds right but i feel like at least the first part of the documentary talks about how fungi as a kingdom of Mm -hmm. species in in our nature is often um, kind of um, ignored or or or, uh, it's not talked as much as the plant and animal uh, Mm -hmm. counterparts and um, yeah and and I I think we know most of uh, the fungi as food uh, as as mushrooms um, and also as stuff that gets food bad right rotten rotten food essentially mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh maybe you could talk a little bit about you know on yeah. both both ends right so so uh so about food uh, it, it's it's mushroom right so so it's certainly consumed a lot uh uh well i mean in, in many cultures right, so, right. So like mushroom is a is a food of... mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 and um it's kind of interesting. We, we were um, in, in order. We would do some homework uh, for for this podcast, <laughs> right? So, so uh, we looked up on this um, uh, United Nations uh, Food Agriculture Organization has this amazing database that you can look up all kinds of food production data, mm-hmm. right? And we found that seventy five percent of the global mushroom market comes from China, which is just think- wild. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and I think it's also more than ninety percent of the mushroom was produced in China. At one something. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's quite, it, it's quite, um, it's quite a lot of mushrooms um, yeah, produced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think mushrooms are now we we only, I don't know about supermarkets in in the the U.S. recently, mm-hmm. right? Were you able to get a big variety of mushrooms in just generic? grocery stores um i think typically what we find in grocery stores is a few common kinds so usually you have like the white button mushrooms you might Mm -hmm. have the portobello's um you might have like enoki at asian grocery stores Mm -hmm. but there's usually just a couple of different varieties that we can find yeah Um, Yeah, i don't know if there's like a supply chain shortage or anything at least i haven't noticed it but Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of what yeah. I've been observing. Yeah, that's kind of similar here. Um, but I recently realized that um, in, in, in one of the uh, supermarket chains in the Netherlands, you can actually find some varieties. And, mm-hmm. and um, so, so it's more than just a typical uh, mushroom that you would put into a salad. Uh, oh. But also a few more. I couldn't name them, uh, unfortunately. But yeah. they're they're like larger. Some of them are like the 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 king oyster type, but yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. they're the exact same because it doesn't look like the Asian type. Mm. Um, that, um, but there are more varieties, which I think are pretty cool. And also, mm. Netherlands do produce uh, some of these mushrooms uh, just uh, in the nation. Uh, so I think it's 
it's kind of interesting to see how the choices of mushroom are uh, getting broadened. And mm-hmm. so we might have, uh, you know, we need to learn new recipes essentially yeah, to yeah. cook them. It's yeah. interesting. I wonder if it's just like more commercially feasible to grow some mushrooms versus others, or if it's like a climate thing, or if it's, you know, just yeah. what consumer demand lies. Probably a mix of a couple yeah. of those. And I think probably mushrooms are well in commercial production settings are all grow in some type of a controlled environment. Yes, like a greenhouse or something. And that's kind of what I found interesting because, you know, whenever I watch cooking blogs and they talk about like, hey, you don't need to wash your mushroom, just brush off the dirt with like a toothbrush or something. And I was always like, Is that true? I always wash my mushrooms. Yeah, because they say if you wash it, it gets like slimy or something. Okay. Um, So I always thought that was weird, but now it kind of makes sense because commercially produced mushrooms, at least in the United States, Typically, like you said, they're grown in very controlled climates and they use, they don't really like just throw them into soil. They use like mm. substrate that has been sterilized. Mm. Okay. Like pasteurized substrate. So okay. then it's not really like dirt, dirt. So, so maybe a... that's why it's okay to just like not wash it huh. and just brush it off. Is, is my okay. Guess. So maybe a bit lower in risk in terms of maybe be a little bit lower in risk, yeah, compared to like eating, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of interesting because I think like you're right. You have this one side where it's oh, commercial production of mushrooms, things we find around grocery stores. But there's also a lot of people who go foraging for mushrooms and yeah eating them and i always thought like oh maybe that's what like hunter gatherer tribes that still exist do but no people do them <laughs> yeah just just go it's hunt like a for sport. mushrooms <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. for those who don't know how I, I i also don't know how it works specifically but from like the the tours that you could do in the mountains essentially you yeah. can you can sign up these essentially they're like guided activities uh, mm-hmm. Well, for for starters, that's probably how you would start. But then, gradually, you can just go off trail um, to some of these, uh, uh, I guess, uh, forest mostly, right? So, so in the mountains and and, and in forest, uh, to essentially hunt for mushrooms. And um, I I think to some extent, it's like kind of like fishing, mm-hmm. right? You just go go uh, uh, go go for some catches, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you never know what you're gonna find. You don't uh, know what you're gonna find. You don't know if it's like okay to eat. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that that's that's a separate topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but right, yeah, in, indeed. Yeah, so that's I, that's kind of interesting to see, I, and I think also mushroom in in terms of biology, it it uh, it it kind of sits in between of plants and animals right Mm -hmm. how we look at them as food uh, but it also grows very fast because it Mm -hmm. has a a slightly simpler genetic makeup than uh, some of the plants and animal counterparts Mm -hmm. Uh, so that means it's also quite of a well in terms of genetics it's it's a good entry point to uh to to study and to uh do some of these newer biotechnologies on them Right, because a few years ago, uh, the CRISPR technology first got uh, introduced. So, so mm-hmm. CRISPR is this genome editing tool that allows us to essentially edit a, a, a parts of the genome 
to uh, essentially alter functionalities of the subsequent uh, genes and then uh, impact the phenotype or uh, functions of a uh, organism in the end, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So um, I think one of the early food applications of CRISPR was that um, scientists have used it, uh, used the CRISPR technology to edit the genome of uh, white button mushrooms mm-hmm. so that it doesn't turn brown as quickly. Right, so, when you cut into yeah. it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh, quote unquote, like looks fresh for a little bit longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, um, you know, certain type of uh, enzymes are mm-hmm. prone to, to stimulate these uh, browning reactions. Right? So, so if you can control the uh, enzyme by, uh, you know, um, to uh, basically mute it or, or, or have it um, uh, downregulated, that would probably already yeah. help with these type of uh, browning effects. Mm-hmm. Right? That's so, a really good point. And the reason they yeah. could do that so quickly, right, going through yeah. so many different generations and trying out so many different cases is, like mm-hmm. you said, because mushrooms grow so fast, right? Yes, Compared yes, to if yes. you were trying to do it on like a sheep, let's say Dolly the sheep, you want to make her <laughs> naturally have like pink fur. It yeah. would take much longer, right? And I think yeah, that's exactly. always strike me as like very interesting because when I was a kid, you know, sometimes like mushrooms just randomly grow in your yard. And I remember well, yeah, like, after a rain, it yeah, would just it just pop start off. popping out everywhere. And I yeah. remember like, you know, like our family will like cut them off. But then like a couple yeah. days later, they'll be back. You know, uh-huh. it's just it pops out everywhere. And I yeah. think, you know, that that kind of is part of the reason why um, they're so versatile. Because uh-huh. it's, it's just a fast-growing organism. And I think mm-hmm. we haven't even, like, completely harvested all of the utility from that. Um, like, true, you know, a lot true. of not plant-based meat, because fungi is not technically a plant, but, like, meat alternative. Uh-huh. There are some that's made with uh, fungi, with mushrooms. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, indeed. You know? yeah. yeah. You want to talk a bit more into that, like, since... Meat alternative is like everyone's favorite topic now. <laughs> <laughs> is it everyone's favorite topic or is it just Ben and my favorite topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it certainly it's certainly exposed food technology to a wider audience through oh, yeah. meat alternatives. That's true. Right? I feel like a lot um, of people are interested in that topic. Like I've definitely had yeah, friends indeed. ask me about it. But, yeah. you know, case in point, some of you might have heard a lot of people have probably heard of plant protein or insect protein, but there's also something called mycoprotein, mm-hmm. which is essentially, um, you know, protein from fungi. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think also um, one of the technical challenges of, uh, well, of course, mushrooms or can, can provide a new stream of proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can also, uh, because of their its structure, right? These, um, if you ever eaten mushroom, especially towards the stem of it, you, you kind of get these fibrous structures, right? So it's not um, it, it's not as uh, a, a, as soft or uniform uh, mm-hmm. as a uh, as as some other type of, like let's say, a piece of cheese, for example. Yeah. So it gets a bit fibrous. And that fibers are composed of these myceliums, mm-hmm. right? So mycelium is a um, kind of, it's, it's like the network or the threads of, um, of, 
uh, mushrooms or, or mm -hmm. uh, of the, it's essentially the composition of mushroom, right? The myceliums grow into uh, mushrooms. So uh, these type of uh, fibrous structures within the mushrooms can also be a nice can also make nice contributions to meat alternatives. Because one of the one of the KPIs for yeah. for for a successful meat analog is that it, it, it has to have the texture of meat. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Everyone's uh, trying to find out how how you can best uh, structure. Uh, non-meat material into these fibrous muscle meat mm -hmm. structures. And right. we're talking about it in the sense of, right, mycoprotein as a, I guess, like, product of mushrooms. We turn mushrooms mm -hmm. into, like, specific mycoprotein for et cetera, et cetera, usage. But we've been doing this for a very long time, even before yeah. mycoprotein was a trend, right? If oh, you totally. Think about it. A lot of times in Korean barbecue, you have like your mm -hmm. pork belly, you have like your meats and beef. And then like for vegetarians, what do they eat when they're with their friends? They have these like king oyster mushrooms that are yeah. really big, giant mushrooms with a very fat stem. And they cut mm -hmm. them lengthwise. So it looks like slices of meat, but it's basically mushroom. And the reason yeah. why it works so well as sort of like a meat replacement is because the texture is, like Ben said, really dense and chewy and mimics mm -hmm. almost the texture of meat. And I think yeah. we're what we're seeing with this trend in microprotein that's kind of harnessing that and turning into like breakfast patties or, mm -hmm. you know, um, sausage links, etc. is just harvesting that natural characteristics of mushrooms and then yeah. turning it into a meat format right yeah exactly so so it's it's really a, an interesting ingredient or a raw source of a raw source of ingredients to work with right and and though on top of it right, mushrooms uh, also it's uh, loaded with a umami taste right mm -hmm. so it's a, as a flavor a flavoring agent it has uh, a lot of naturally occurring msgs and that's uh, been known for uh, uh, these uh, flavor enhancing abilities. Um, so it's possible that um, using mushroom as a not only just a, a, a calorie providing ingredient or right, like the protein source, it could also be used as a uh, additive, natural additive uh, mm -hmm. to enhance many of uh, the existing products. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure Ajinomoto has like a ton of mushroom powders yes, <laughs> in their portfolio. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. another thing I found really interesting about microprotein, um, uh -huh. there's like a different, th there's different figures floating out there depending on how this was done. But if you look at the PDCAS score, and for those who don't know, mm -hmm. this is basically, you look at sort of the protein quality of a protein. Um, yeah. with you know a lot of meat soy being one which is close to you know this is like the highest you can get and some other foods are like 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 um mm. so the higher it is the better the quality of the protein and, and specifically and, this is related to like bioavailability and digestion etc mm -hmm. right? yeah yeah and uh -huh. how your body can utilize it to actually you know build right. more muscle or whatever it is so um Corn, <laughs> Q-U-O-R-N, which is a brand that's been around for a while. They make mycoprotein products. Um, according to them, the PDCAS of mycoprotein that they use is 0 0.91, mm -hmm. which is like 
you know, pretty decent for a yeah. non-meat source that's, protein. That's higher than soy or the typical plant sources. I think pea okay. is like 0.8 or okay. something. So it's definitely higher than pea. I think soy might be I a little see. bit higher, but I mean, it's this, it's it's a good quality. It's not mm-hmm. something that is like, I think oat protein, for instance, is quite a bit lower. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. At or 0. something 4, like four point five. Yeah, or so, something like maize protein will probably like yeah will probably be like exactly non digestive. This is why you know when people eat oatmeal, they never claim it's like high protein unless you purposely add other protein powder to it. Because even though oat ah, has protein in it, okay, the protein okay. quality is like pretty not great. It's only point mm-hmm. four point five. I see. Um, but I mean, it's promising, right? You put some mushrooms yeah, yeah, yeah. in your oatmeal, and it's like a well balanced, well balanced meal. Oatmeal, yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, well, I just also want to throw this one in there. It's about like because my mycelium can also uh, be used more than just a, a food source. Mm-hmm. Right, because these uh, long fiber type of structures can also make uh, threads and to to mm. to make turn it into fabrics yeah. that can uh, pro- provide or, or produce uh, sustainable fabrics for clothing and um, other type of uses. And I think here in uh, Wageningen there is a uh, startup that focuses on these type of um, mm-hmm. mycelium technologies and uh, and essentially. Uh, develop specific fungi uh, sources that can provide them the best quality of these fi- uh, fabrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. really cool. Like vegan mm-hmm. leather, vegan yes. clothing, essentially, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sustainable and cruelty free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if exactly. mushrooms have emotions, but. Yeah, I feel like a fungi is between a plant and an animal. True, <laughs> then they can make it a little bit tricky, but <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, because cotton can do a lot already. That's totally yeah. plant based, but yeah. um, at least uh, some of these uh, newer companies who works in this uh, mycelium world uh, claims that their their fabrics can have some uh, some of the more leathery type of uh, functionalities. Mm-hmm which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cottons are a bit hard to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. To create different mm-hmm. textures. Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Cool, I think, like what we just touched on, which is uh, at a commercial level and at like a non-food level, right? Mm-hmm. What mushrooms can be used for, right? We talked about mushroom being used as fabric, mushrooms being used to clean up oil spill, etc. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also just want to go really quickly back to mushrooms in nature. And yeah. one thing I found really interesting from the documentary that we watch was that I just never thought about this, but like how fungi is basically the nature's nature's janitor. Mm-hmm. Um, like we always talk about, oh yeah, like I put my bread out for too long. It got moldy, right? Fungi basically grew on it. Um, and it's like mm-hmm. not seen as a good thing, but this is really so like, if we think about the amount of things that have died in the world from like squirrels or like, you know, <laughs> animals in the forest through natural causes, right? Yeah. Like if you think about it, everything decomposes and becomes basically soil, 
right? Yeah. If yeah, nothing yeah. Or it ever goes into soil. Yeah. It goes into soil. But if nothing mm-hmm. ever decomposes, then our world will literally be like piles and piles of like dead things, which is honestly a little <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <indeed>. And <laughs> it, it's kind uh-huh. of crazy because things decompose precisely of fungi. Fungi feed on the substrate that is like dead bodies and whatever it is, right? Rotten mm-hmm. wood that had you know been struck by lightning and fallen down into the forest all of that it's mm-hmm. being cleaned up by fungi so that they can go back into the soil and it is it, yeah. like kind of amazing the whole cycle of life and what a prominent part fungi plays um, but mm-hmm. i i didn't know about that like it makes so much right. sense but it just never yeah. occurred to me <laughs> yeah I, I think it's in the food domain right we always talk about anti-fungal effects yeah exactly like how to suppress mushroom yeah. growth on food exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's it, well in one way right like the the reason why technology has to fight back nature it's it's also for the convenience of human activities but mm-hmm. sometimes without those uh, nature, uh, like these natural actions, uh, yeah, like Amanda said, it's not very pleasant and kind of yeah. scary to think about. I know, like you walk uh-huh. out to the, your, your local park and there's just like, oh, wait, this is my neighbor <laughs> from 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like That's kind yeah. of terrifying. Yeah, it's it's weird to think about it uh, without. And that's that's kind of, yeah, I feel like, that's also, I think, when you learn microbiology and you start mm-hmm. to learn about uh, um, things that you couldn't see, given mm-hmm. that it's too big or too small, like cosmology, uh, astrophysics type of studies, or microbiology, nanotechnology, these type mm-hmm. of things that you can't see, it just kind of a lot of. First of all, a lot of things start to make sense, mm-hmm. and then also you just kind of think things differently in terms yeah. of. It's scale, right? You you can you 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 can do this mental math to adjust the scale and think of uh, abstractive things, essentially. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. It's it's just phenomenal how much we don't see, but how much is running to yeah. underneath everything, right? To to keep yeah. our world the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of things that we couldn't see, yeah. right? And mushrooms are also. Kind of, you know, in pop culture, mushroom carries a different connotation. Oh it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shrooms. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, maybe you should. Well, as a, well, you still actively work in the beverage. Uh, That's industry. true. That's true. And and, and uh, you taught me a word the other day. I uh, did. It's called and... Adaptogens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so what does that mean? Before we proceed further, um, <laughs> I think there's like two kinds of mushrooms that can like people general the general public think about outside of food mushroom. First of okay. all, there's like the trippy mushrooms, like ooh hippies yeah. in the seventies, like you know woohoo. Yeah. That there's that mushroom, and then the other mushroom is like mushrooms being used as ad- adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Um, so adaptogen is a word that's th- thrown a lot uh, around a lot, but essentially it's basically any substance that improves mental functioning and reduce like overall stress in your body. And I know to some people it sounds very like, Ooh, up in the air. Like, is this mm-hmm. like 
you know, is this actually true? Is it placebo? But for certain substances and ingredients, there are clinical studies out there showing that they do improve, um, you know, mental functioning or reduce perceived stress levels, etc. So mm-hmm. mushrooms um, as a category and, and more specific types of mushrooms have been identified as adaptogens. You might have heard of some of these before because if you work okay. like walk into like a health food store in California, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you might see like a six dollar drink that says like contains oh. lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi okay. mushrooms, etc. Interesting, um, yeah. So, so these product exist. They do exist, right. um, and I would so, say, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, so they exist, and that which means there are ingredients suppliers to kind of they yeah. just sell these adaptogens, or or they yeah. they just kind of sell mushrooms. So there are suppliers who sell these mushrooms by themselves. They can sell mm-hmm. like you know, uh, like just like any buy, other like, mushroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we can buy locally from Chicago, etc. There are also um, suppliers who sell them in a powder format, so that you can incorporate okay. them into beverages or you know take it as like a supplement i would say the regulatory like regulation around these ingredients are like not super clear um a lot of times we see them more in kind of smaller brands because for larger companies like pepsico or coke i think there's more hesitancy around this Mm -hmm. since it's not as well um studied but there are, you know, clinical studies out there showing like lion's mane has certain compounds that can stimulate the growth of your brain cells, like prevent, hmm. not, not like prevent against damage caused by, you know, Alzheimer's, etc. So there are some clinical evidence out there, um, mm-hmm. but it is kind of like growing as a fuel in terms of what mushrooms can do for your brain. I see. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. And I think that's also... Uh, well, talking back to that, uh, to Fantastic Fungi, right? So the kind of the second half of the documentary mm-hmm. uh, focused mainly on these type of, um, I don't know if you call them psychoactive or what's the what's the right word of mm-hmm. these type of uh, of mushrooms as essentially, uh, um, well, you can say mushrooms and neuroscience, right? How mm-hmm. how are they related, or what what has been known, what has not? and uh, where the active research mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. i think and, it's important to like distinguish between them because there are yeah. what we call functional mushrooms which is what i just described so that's adaptogens mm-hmm. reishi lion's mane that are supposed to help you function better yeah um, and then there's what we call psychedelic mushrooms Right, which mm-hmm. are like the trippy mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like these those are two different kinds. Mushrooms are, yeah. I, I think the, I don't know. That's where I found that documentary kind of, mm. it kind of blurred the line, right? Yeah, it did. It wasn't because I didn't clear. really. Yeah, the the because the message it was sending was that oh, mushrooms was an active research subject in the sixties and seventies, and when it got out, out of hand, and some of these species got to. Um, you know the hippies, and uh, all of a sudden it became a victim of the the, the war on drugs, essentially, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. and it was all the research was banned. Nobody really know what's going on, and uh, 
they interviewed some researchers back then was uh, their research had to be shut down uh, because of uh, the, the the very strict or the, the simple cut type of regulations there um, but um, but I think not all of their research was just trying to make these um, type of psycho psychoactive um, type of mushrooms a lot of them were uh, these functional mushrooms as mm-hmm. they were essentially treating uh, patients with mm-hmm, right so mm-hmm. so um, yeah that's where I think it's kind of it's kind of interesting that also certainly the research probably got harmed by these strict re- regulations but I think perhaps now it's the time where uh, many of us started to look at again and uh, say for example that I'm, I'm just surprised that there are already products on the market that yeah. has these adaptogens I, I think the i think the reason is you know when we talk about adaptogens like what i just mentioned reishi lion's mane those are not psychoactive they don't okay. cause uh, psychedelic or hallucinogenic effects they just improve mm-hmm. your body's overall functioning. So these functional yeah. mushrooms are very much legal in the United States. Whereas I think mm-hmm. psychedelic mushrooms, they do, you know, cause they do cause um they do have a hallucinogenic effect. And in many jurisdictions around the world, they are illegal. Um mm-hmm. and they I I I I think that's there's like a differentiation between those two. Um, but it's not mm-hmm. something that is very well explained or known, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, oh, it's all shrooms and they all supposedly make you feel better. <laughs> like, what? what is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and I think perhaps we could take marijuana as a better example here, right? Because yeah. now with the understanding of, 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 you know, essentially wheat science, Wheat science. Yeah, right. That's right. so funny to hear you say that because it almost sounds like like wheat, like the corn. And I mean, oh, the, no. the crop, like wheat yeah. science. But you're not, wheat science. No, but, yeah, but like just just how much we understand it, the different fractions, what they do, yeah, and which species cost you what, and and how can we essentially as a uh, commercial crop, how can we best capitalize on it right. in a safe and responsible way. Right. right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that could be something could uh, like the mushroom world could also hope to achieve. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that public perception is changing. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of recent, you know, how like, like you mentioned in the 60s and 70s, there were quite a bit of research going into it. And then it got lumped in with like the war on drugs <laughs> and got shut down because like, oh, this yeah. is as bad as cocaine or whatever. Yeah. Now is I wouldn't say like making a full comeback, but now there's more medical research again looking at um, psychedelic mm-hmm. mushrooms and psilocybin, like which is the specific mm-hmm. substance in these mushrooms, and how okay. they can be used to treat you know depression, anxiety, substance abuse, etc. So mm-hmm. um, even in some countries like Canada, um, if you're mm-hmm. using you know. Um, mushrooms for psychedelic treatment i think the law is kind of like on your side for those specific instances the same way weed initially was illegal but like you said over time you know it was okay to use it in some clinical settings to help with like pain management or Mm -hmm. etc i think we're starting to see that with psychedelic mushrooms and it's going to be interesting to see if the regulation surrounding their use will change 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like that could also just be another type of CBD story that we're mm-hmm. seeing right now, especially I think in North America, because of uh, um, you know the full legalization in Canada and a lot of more openness towards it. It also makes the food and beverages industry to to pivot, right? To to fulfill the consumer needs and um, to innovate a lot into that space. Yeah. So uh, yeah, perhaps mushroom can be another candidate that a lot of these food companies are already preparing if mm-hmm. it happens, right? So so say say like ingredient houses would have the full capacity to achieve whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, to wrap up our discussion about mushrooms, uh, we decided to share some favorite dish about mushrooms. Yes. Would you like <laughs> to go first, Ben? <laughs> uh, I have some. I don't know. Uh, well, one of these is uh, these fried enoki. Have you had? Wait, the... what? I've only so had them in fried. soups. Oh, so it's basically... Uh, so, so you know, you you can kind of uh, coat. Uh, so enokis are these like long, stringy uh, mushrooms uh, that we'll, we'll put a picture in the in the show notes uh, <laughs> to, to to illustrate. Um, uh, but but these uh, these stringy mushrooms uh, essentially you can um, and they're they're kind of in bushels, right? So so a few of them uh, are are together, and they're uh, and what one of the dishes that I really like is to uh, essentially coat them in in, in these uh, uh, um, like corn flour, starch. yeah, mm-hmm. cornstarch flour, or, or sometimes uh, with I don't know. In the Netherlands, they have this baked meal, so so it's like, essentially those like breadcrumbs that you can coat it with. Mm-hmm. So just make it extra crispy when you yeah. fry them. So mm-hmm. you you throw them into oil, so 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 it fries up. Uh, so what you get is this nice crispy shell mm-hmm. with uh, with flowers uh, various flowers and starch right and then mm-hmm. the inside it's this uh kind of juicy and uh, umami taste mm-hmm. of mushroom right so you can top it with dry seasonings um salt of course yeah. and then just have that yeah as a snack it's pretty that good sounds delicious like the texture yeah. of like the crispy shell and then like the juicy yeah. inside and then like the stringy like resistance mm-hmm. and texture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. mushroom mm-hmm. so versatile <laughs> <laughs> i think mine would be i don't know what it is in english but ben you might know this in chinese do you know xiang gu jiao <laughs> have you heard of xiang gu jiao i don't know if it's like a malaysian thing Jiao as in like leg, leg, jiao, no, gu jiao. No, no idea. Okay, so my mom makes this all the time. This might I just be a family recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm like, is it Chinese? Is it Malaysian? I don't know, but it's really good. Um, basically, if you look at mushrooms, right, you have the stem of the mushroom, which, like you mentioned, is the really fibrous, like chewy part that I like. My uh-huh. mom would take that part and she would like pound it with a mortar and pestle uh-huh. and then like into like smaller Ooh. pieces and then she will cook it together with like spices and salt and then mm-hmm. it literally almost tastes like ground beef 
but it's made with mushrooms. Oh. It's almost like a meat jerky because it's kind of dry. I see. It's supposed to be I see. Dry. Yeah, like a mushroom jerky. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I know, like all nice. the American companies are doing it now. I'm like, oh, look、mm. at our mushroom jerky. But my mom was doing it <laughs> since I was a kid. She's ahead of her see, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is literally just the the the, the stem of the mushroom, like because. Yeah, I think like use the bottom the part. Mm-hmm, yeah, because、mm-hmm. like shanggu jiao literally translated means mushroom feet,、mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the leg and the feet of the mushroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, but you、okay. know, a part that some people throw away, we utilize、uh-huh. really well. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I've I've had something similar, but not as、um, as like fully prepared as of, of a dish. Mm-hmm, As you described,、mm-hmm. it's、yeah. so good. It's、uh-huh. very labor intensive, but it's really good. yeah. I can see it's because you basically need to evaporate all the water. Yeah, you and, need、uh, to cook it down and reduce it because、yeah. mushroom is mostly water, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a lot of water. Yeah, but so、mm-hmm. good. Yeah, indeed. But、um, so I think that's a wrap. Yes,、right? it is. Yes. So、uh, if you enjoy our discussion about mushrooms.、Um, <laughs> Feel free to give us a five star、uh, wherever you're listening to it.、Uh, if you have suggestions, comments, or questions,、uh, you can reach us at fihpodcast at gmail dot com. And、uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Till next、Bye. time.